a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Wrapping up hour number one here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson and really pleased to be joined by LeVar Webb, uh, who is just one of the great political thinkers uh, in the state of Utah and has been uh, for several decades now and has been an advisor uh, to many uh, of those who have led in the state of Utah. And one of the things that I have always appreciated about LeVar is our our shared love of federalism, which we don't talk enough about. Uh, but LeVar penned a, a great piece uh, not long ago, uh, a speech uh, it's titled, uh, A Speech I Wish a New President Would Deliver. And uh, LeVar joins us on the line now. LeVar, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Boyd. Good to be with you. Wonderful. This is, I think this is uh, so important uh, that we get to these conversations. That they, these are areas where Utah, uh, we talk about Utah being crossroads of the West, crossroads of the world. Uh, federalism is something that actually gives Utah a chance to really display everything that's going well. But uh, you started this whole conversation, LeVar, by saying, hey, we've got a new administration. Here's something I would love to hear from a new president. Tell us about it. Well, I really do think that the the very difficult problems facing the the nation uh, can't all be solved at the federal level, and uh, there does need to be a shared responsibility between the federal government and the states, and and not just with the states in a total subservient position. And so I suggested that uh, a new president, rather than Rather than consult with Congress or his cabinet, uh, that perhaps his first order of business ought to be to gather the 50 governors and state legislative leaders from all of the states and say, let's uh, solve these problems together. And uh, I do think that such an approach would be far more effective. We see such dysfunction and gridlock in Congress and uh if, if, and, and I think a lot of that gridlock is caused because the Congress is trying to do far more than it is capable of doing or should be doing, and very seldom do the folks at the federal level think, you know what, states could actually solve this problem a lot better than we could, and we ought, ought to leave it to them. Yeah, getting that decision-making authority, including the tax dollars to go with it, <laughs> back to those state uh, and local governments uh, is for sure. We've been, we've been talking a lot today on KSL News Radio uh, ab- about the spending. Uh, you pointed out in, in your piece that uh, currently the United States of America is borrowing four out of every $10 that it spends, uh, tell us, what does that mean in, in real impact for the country? What does it mean for the people here in the state of Utah? Well, it, uh, and, and that amount will likely go up uh, even more. Uh, it's, I, th- I think it's one of the really serious problems facing the country, if not the most serious problem. In fact, I like to ask people, what do you think is the most serious problem facing the, the nation, climate change or the federal debt? And it, that's something that is is worth thinking about. But 
at the federal level, they're not they're not thinking about that very much. They're just they're, they, we have unfortunately reached a point. I'm afraid in our country and in in the federal government where they they're they're, they're barely even concerned about the debt, <clears throat> and, and and I'm afraid we're reaching a mindset among citizens too, among the people where. Uh, that we're we're so accepting of debt that it no longer bothers us. It used to it used to be something that bothered a lot of people, but we have defined, I guess, uh, welfare to include people that make up to uh, families that make up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, their families receiving uh, making that much will be receiving significant uh, big check from the federal government. Uh, and so, so that it's the, the the federal spending is a big concern, and I do think it is an issue that could be better resolved with by involving states uh, and allowing many of the things the federal government is doing to be handled by the states at lower cost without the money going through the federal process through the bureaucracy and then coming back to the states in much diminished amounts. We could do a whole lot better if we left the money at the state level. Yeah, because so often that uh, that money goes back to Washington and it, it does kind of go through the, the scrub and the rent cycle and then uh, is returned much smaller and, and usually with a whole lot of strings attached. And uh, I think uh, one of the issues, of course, that we're, we're talking about this week is uh, is what's happening with transportation. And uh, I know Utah's governors uh, from your former boss, Governor Levitt, forward have all said that, you know, we could put a lot more steel and concrete in the ground uh, if we just kept the money here as opposed to sending it back, getting it shrunk, <laughs> bringing it back with more strings attached. Uh, and that's one area where you really could do some block grants. You could really let the laboratories of democracy try things uh, that I think could be uh, a benefit to everybody. That's exactly right. And I that's an article that I want to work on and write is propose a modest federalism experiment that, that, as you suggest, the laboratories of democracy where, you know, we're a small state in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we don't uh, use all that much money in the, in, the, in the big picture of things. What if our congressional delegation got together with our governor and state legislative leaders and said, you know, let's propose to the federal government uh, through our delegation that we, we pick out three or four programs, and perhaps transportation is one of them, and, and there, there uh, are a number of others, and say, let's just leave that money in Utah and not send it to the federal government and, uh, and, and see if we can, can do it better at lower cost. And it would actually benefit the federal uh, budget because we would not be including that money, any of the borrowed money right. that we get as a state, uh, you know, for, for those specific programs. And uh, so it would actually be a benefit to the, to the federal budget, uh, and we would in, embark on this modest, very modest little experiment. And if it works, perhaps it could be expanded to other states as well. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a powerful idea. I think it's an idea that uh, time has come. And it, it's one of those things where I think the, the pandemic has really shown us uh, one, that you don't have to have everybody in a big expensive office in Washington, D.C. to get things done. And I think just breaking up that centralized 
galvanize power. Uh, you know, let, let's put the uh, agriculture department in Nebraska and let's let's put, uh, you know, things dealing with trade. Let's put that in Seattle or Chicago. Uh, if we just diversified and sp- spread that out a little bit, uh, again, I think that would further foster uh, these laboratories of democracy and it would put the federal employees in places where they would be part of real communities <laughs> yeah, rather than just the uh, the D.C. crowd. Yes, and, you know, and we, we could work on all of these things and do a lot of them. And no, no one is smart enough to figure out precisely because, because so many programs are now just a mix of, of money and, and, and uh, government levels. No one is smart enough to figure out exactly, you know, what should be done at the federal level, what should be done at the state level. And that's why we need to restore some of the tools mm. for the states so that they have an ability to push back and and be part of the the uh, the debate, uh, and that's a whole other discussion that we could have at another time. But we need some structural reforms in addition to focusing on some of these specific programs. Yeah, absolutely, Lavar Webb. Always appreciate your insight on this. And people, when you hear federalism, it's a good thing. Uh, it really means getting that power control and the laboratory democracy back to the states. LaVar, thanks for joining us today. We will have you back for that next level discussion. Great. See you later. Bye. All right. Again, that's LaVar Webb. Uh, Always appreciate LaVar's perspective on that. Uh, And it's so important. We can do so many things so much better. Uh, Not everything. We, We got our own challenges and problems here in the state of Utah, but the vast majority of things we can do and do better, cheaper, more efficiently, and more effectively Uh, for those who we're trying to help and uh, things we're trying to improve right here in the state of Utah. I think it's a great chance for us to be even a greater model, uh, the Utah model, uh, to the country on so many issues. So we'll continue to have that conversation here on Inside Sources. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, Senator Mike Lee is going to join us for our Think Again segment. And we're going to put Senator Mike Lee and Senator Dianne Feinstein from California together uh, to show you that bipartisanship actually works. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.